Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're you're about about to get get jumped. Welcome to episode 164 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episode 65 through 67, where Kuwabara is a total phony. Togoro asks to be sent to hell, and Yusuke, protector of the world of the living, gets beaten up by three middle schoolers. Look, if you're going to get into a fight with three middle schoolers, you better be prepared to lose something. You might be very upset because middle schoolers are the meanest people around and they're going to make fun of you in ways that you're not prepared to be made fun of. They're going to say mean things about you. This is bringing up like really dark memories, dude. <laughs> what do they say? <laughs> like, that tall man has feminine hips. No, that's the <laughs> thing I'm sensitive about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, middle schoolers will make fun of you in an accurate way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely at the point in my adulthood where teenagers are starting to become more intimidating. Just yeah. like inherently and i don't like that because i think that that is a like sort of rude assumption to make about somebody but i do experience that feeling so i'm you know i'm turning into a fogey pretty quickly yeah you're a fogey he's a fogey everyone (laughs) you're such a fogey nice nice good callback yeah anyways um so uh uh in 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 previous news that we had already talked about beforehand, but I think we should talk about again here. Um, just really yeah, quick. You uh, Hakusho is getting a live action adaptation. Um, uh, I know that we talked about it in a previous episode, but yeah, I think I we talked to... about it last week's Naruto yeah. episode at pretty decent length. Yeah. So, you know, so I don't want to relitigate all that, but they are. It is happening. So call back to that. If you want to listen to what we think about that, you should listen to that previous episode. If you're one of those people that doesn't yeah. listen to just everything that we do, um, but yeah, it's at the beginning, like all of our uh, you know news stuff. So if you don't if you don't care about Naruto, you can still listen to that part and then stop before we start talking about Naruto. Although last week's episode was really fun. Yeah, if you don't want to hear about Naruto, <laughs> Nardo. Narda Mr. Nardo. Um- Narda Umzaki. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have any other anime news, but I know we've got a... We have the poll is going to be votable for a week now, right? At this point. Yeah, man. So um, the the new show is going to be coming out um, as soon as we decide what we're going to be doing. Um, so Hold go- on, I have to go shoo my cat away. I'll be right back. Okay, have fun shooing. I'm going to tell these lovely listeners how they can go vote. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but uh, you can you can go and you can vote. Um, the, the poll is accessible through Patreon. Um, you don't have to be a patron to vote on it. But if you are a patron, you get extra vote. Um, so you can, if whatever you vote on, you get two votes towards that. 
Yeah, this is a patronocracy, so you get extra power. Yeah. It's a yeah, and it, it's on Patreon, but there should be links on our other social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as always, if you don't see those links, like if for some reason they just don't seem to be popping up for you, maybe like it's been a minute and they've been pushed down the page or something like that, just uh just shoot us a, a message and we'll we'll link you. Yeah, we'll we'll link you. We'll Yeah. We'll link to the past to you. Breath of the vote on the next show. Yep. Um, <laughs> but the only other anime thing that I I wanted to to talk about real real quick um, is that uh, I I was watching and like nobody at me about this, um, but I I was I was watching Re Zero. Because everybody has been talking about, they're like, you gotta, you gotta watch this because your first, you know, watch of it. Your first impression was wrong. Yeah, my first impression was <laughs> not good enough about it, and I, I watched about twenty episodes, um, because I wanted to get as deep as I could, uh, I can into it and see if it gets better, and I just, I, it doesn't it doesn't do it for me. (laughs) Like I, I, it doesn't do it for me. And I have said before, like I, I love fantasy anime. Like I really do. Um, but this one, it's just the, I, I don't, I don't really love the, the animation style because I don't think it's badly animated, but I don't enjoy the, the artist style of it. I just don't. And it's, I think it's just the way that the characters are done. And I think it's just the, the premise of the show. There's a lot of like humor that I don't, I don't really enjoy. Um, and there's also like uh, a lot of, a lot of like battle sequences that just feel like it's rehashing the same thing over and over again. It's that, it's that same problem that I had when I was watching um, the fate series where like a lot of times the, the battle system, the battle magic systems, a lot of times inside of the newer fate series, um, they feel like it's just rule of cool, big giant explosion fights where it's just like when somebody is uh when somebody is like fighting uh, it's a good example of it is the the most recent bleach episodes that we had to watch there's a there's a moment uh where where somebody is like rushing forward and stabbing a whole bunch of times and when i originally watched wow. it i think just because i was seeing this character fight for the first time i was like oh it's so cool but rewatching it back now i was just like that stabbing motion that I'm seeing just seems so lazy. Like it's uh, like, it's lazily animated towards it. Um, and you know, just to cut in here, I think the bleach moment you're talking about, uh, is actually both. <laughs> oh yeah. It is cool. Cause nobody else has done that in the series. And it is also lazy. Cause it's that same shit you see in every fight. Yeah. And it's just, it, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of frustration that comes up with that with, with me, because I just like, I, I really, I, I have, I've kind of like seen the light at the other side with really good fight animation. 
and I just want it to be in everything. And I understand that it can't be um, just because not everybody is created equal the same way. And also like some people want to see a different fight quality and fighting style and in it's not for everybody, but I, I want I want every sword fight to be of the quality of something like a samurai shampoo if it's going to happen inside of a show, you know, and uh, it's just not <laughs> like it's just it's not going to be. And I, I get yeah. that. But at the same time, I want it. Um, and the the thing in re zero is like you got to the point where they were doing like the big giant magic battles, right? Um, where- no, I I think I don't. I feel like that was in an early weekly jump. I think that was, I think I only watched the first episode, which to, to be fair is a double long episode. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like two, but I don't think I watched anymore. Although I did like it quite a bit more than you did. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff inside of it. That's just like, this is a cool premise. And I kept on thinking mm-hmm. like, this is a cool premise. And also like, there's a lot of moments where, uh, the main character there's there's a lot of callback and kind of like making fun of like the the genre that he is in where he's just like if i'm this character then i need to be doing this because this is my side oh, story right, on this. he has like meta knowledge yeah and so like how these things work so i get why people really like it because like especially uh. if you're somebody who plays a lot of mmorpg or like you're um you're you're really into that that fantasy storyline you're gonna be like yeah this is this is really checking a lot of boxes for me because it's just like this is talking about the things that i love but at the same time like if if you're somebody who like is is like me who um got is getting to the point with some animes where like um or some anime if not animes what am I? An old fogey. Idiot. Let's go to the Walmarts. Um, so uh, uh, I think if you're if you're somebody like me at the end of the day who has like watched a lot of it and it's just not for you, then it's it's just not going to be um, because I don't think it's really going to change. Um, I, I saw this thing where where somebody was posting where it's just like you just got to get to season two. And I was just like. Is this like a Parks and Recreation situation where like yeah. um, I do need to watch the first series because like a, a lot of other people are like the first season's the best season. And I'm like, well, I I I don't think it's going to change then. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think I think that's a, an interesting point because I like that you brought up Parks and Recreation because Parks and Recreation and to a similar extent, The Office are both shows that come into their own after their first season. Um, and actually the writers of those shows have been pretty open and explicit about what changes they made in the writer's room to shift the tone or the feel of the series. So specifically the, uh, if you're familiar with them there in parks and rec, the main character is Leslie Nope. The office, the main character is Michael Scott. And in both the, in the first season for both series, the characters around them, treated and experienced those main characters with negative reactions so michael scott was always treated as being the sort of like fuck up nuisance that he is 
And Leslie was also treated as a nuisance, although she is not a fuck up, but she was treated as a nuisance because the joke was that all of her coworkers just want to coast and she doesn't. And what the writers have said is that the, the challenge of that is that the audience then starts to see those characters in the way that they are being seen by other characters on the screen. And so people didn't like Leslie Nope and thought she was a nuisance because all the other characters did. And, uh, you know, people felt that Michael Scott was going too far because all the other characters were basically implicitly pointing that out. And in season two of both series, they shifted the way that the characters around the main character reacted to them. And so now suddenly they, the members of the office are treating Michael like he is a friend that is being annoying rather than a just a nuisance. And they are treating Leslie with respect and their annoyance doesn't eclipse the respect and it completely changes how those characters are appear to be even though the characters actually aren't written almost different at all like they're they're basically written exactly the same but the world around them reacts to them differently yeah and so all of that said they made explicit changes to the show that was for the better and i i would argue that it is a, a pretty easy prospect to skip to season two of either show to see if you like it. And then if you really like it, go back to season one because season one stands apart as something that feels different and therefore may not actually be a good representation of what it is like to watch the show. All of that said, this is really different than, because we've gotten this a lot on the weekly jump episodes where people are like, well, you have to watch more of it. In anime, when they have that like storyline that's building on itself, it's really different than like a seasonal sitcom show. Um, so, like I think Parks and Rec, The Office, they're good examples of how sometimes you really do need to skip ahead. But the thing about Parks and Rec and The Office is that you can skip to season two of both shows, and you will have missed almost nothing. They will catch you up immediately, and you will be able to look back at those first season episodes as you know, some storylines and some jokes that you missed, but you will not be lost with what is happening. They will get you where you need to go on episode one of season two, and you will be able to proceed from there as though you didn't miss anything. Whereas with something like ReZero, if you picked up on season two, you would be lost. You would be yeah. missing a lot of important plot building. And so I, I think that it is, I think that it's fair in anime to ask that people watch the first couple of episodes, but I don't think that asking somebody to watch, you know, uh, if you're asking somebody to watch more than two hours worth of episodes before the sh they can decide if the show is for them, that's too much. You know, like if you've got to watch that much, the show's not for you. Yeah. You know, I and, think, and if you, I don't know, like I've watched a lot of Boruto and I think Boruto is really boring. And then all of a sudden it gets really good. Uh, and then it goes back to being boring for a while. And I really don't enjoy most of what I've seen of it, but the parts that I do enjoy, I enjoy enough and in a way that's specific enough to the things that I've enjoyed about the Naruto series as a whole that I kind of power through it. And that's a choice that I've made, but like, I would never say like you need to watch Boruto because around episode 15, there's a really cool moment because now you have to watch 15 episodes that even I don't think you're going to enjoy. That's not a, that's not a fair trade, you know? Yeah. And I, I would say as well that, uh, I, I think that this show is, is one of those shows that like, 
um, that I I also really wanted to enjoy. It's it's mm. the exact same thing that happened with Fairy Tale, where like people talk about how good Fairy Tale is, and it is Ugh. it is unwatchable for me. It is I, yeah. I'm I've seen quite a bit of Fairy Tale, and I'm waiting for it to get good. <laughs> I I can't. I can't enjoy it. And the thing that makes me so angry about it every time I try to watch the anime is that like the magic system is so cool and so horribly animated that I yeah, just cannot enjoy it. And it's the same thing with Black Clover where like people are like, it's great. And I'm like, yeah, if you can get over this slapdash bad badly done animation quality and they're like no it's good yeah. and i'm just like watch it and then comparison comparison it to like some of the masterful work that's done out there it's difficult to watch both side by side and it's and it's so frustrating to me too that like black clover is doing this and they're just like yeah i mean like you know it doesn't it doesn't have it doesn't have blah 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 and i'm just like bullshit they put a ton of money into Black Clover. Um, like, and look at the animation quality that they're able to do on like a relatively the same budget with something like uh, Attack on Titan or like um, something, something like even, even if you want to do a direct comparison with it to, with it to something maybe that might be, um, you know, not like, big but not as big where like a sword on online sword art online like i do not think that sword art online is a masterful piece of work that's done however you cannot argue that the animation quality inside of sword art online is bad and it's and it's a a animation quality that is given from a budget that is relatively the same as other anime budgets that are out there for for shows that are out and it's just like, you know, it's uh, you could you could say something like one of the you know really gigantic shows, like their their original seasons are bad just because they didn't have the animation quality and money to do it. Uh, I'm looking at you early seasons of One Piece, um, but the later seasons of One Piece where they put a lot of money into it, um, the animation quality in some of those fights is just unreal good. And that's just like a that's like a difference of like they started low and then they got brought up to it, but a lot of these other shows now right now are starting on like the same page with the same sort of budget, and then they're working forward on it. And I just I get so frustrated with Fairy Tale all the time because I'm just like it's it's so frustrating to have something that has such a cool premise and such a um just such a fall on your face uh like uh animation quality yeah it it's a real it it really looks bad when they use their magic and the just like the cg spheres just sort of like get superimposed over static artwork it's not it's unfortunate that's definitely a series i keep trying to get my library to get in the second volume because they have like all of them except number two and i'm like well i can't skip this even though i have seen the episodes but you know how i am like i've been every time i've gone to the library for like three months number two has been out and i'm just like at some point i'm gonna read this series and i think that's gonna be a better experience for me because you know usually the uh, static artwork has a really high bar to clear before it is like offensively corner cutty 
Yeah, and the other piece of anime news that I wanted to talk about, mm. speaking of really good, crazy animation quality, is Jesus Christ, have you oh, seen yeah. the preview for Chainsaw Man yet? If you have not seen the preview for Chainsaw Man yet, you are uh, uh, missing out because holy crap, that show looks like it's going to be very well done. Um, Doesn't it, it seem to you like it is a real advancement in how they put together cg animation cell shading techniques oh yeah man i because it is really it's really cg but it looks pretty good yeah and the way that they have done the the art style on the like the the regular animation mixed with the cell shading um it just it, it looks like it is going to be number one beautiful and number two it is going to be brutal to watch um and i think that that is exactly how it has to be because in reading the manga um if you wanted to get onto this we are reading in our in our book club um but uh, our our manga club that's in the discord um that's in our discord um if you so if you want to be a part of that but it's Man, this this manga is crazy and brutal, and the um the preview just looks like it is just gonna be that, and I'm just so so for it. Um, I just I'm 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 ready. My body is ready. <laughs> <laughs> My body is ready. <laughs> but speaking of all of that, uh, and uh, no more anime news for me. Let's go into yeah. our our regular regularly scheduled episodes to cover. Look, I made the same mistake as last time, and I didn't give myself a bullet point. So, it, so let's so happen. let's talk about Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, so Yu Yu Hakusho is a series focused on a character named Yusuke Urameshi. He's I think is he a middle school student too, right? He seems like he's older, but that's you know shown in anime stuff. So he's he's I think in middle school. He's uh, sort of a delinquent kid, but then he gets killed saving a young boy from being run over by a truck. And the afterlife is like, hmm, we thought you were worse than this, and now you died doing a good deed. We don't know what to do. So they give him an opportunity to come back to life. He succeeds, but now that he's back alive, he has the ability to see spiritual beings, and he gets sort of conscripted by the, uh, the afterlife world into becoming a spirit detective. Uh, through that process, he meets a big bad boy named Toguro, and Toguro takes sort of an interest in him because Yusuke seems like a strong boy, and Toguro wants to do a fight with a strong boy. Uh, because of that, he conscripts him into a lot of conscription in Yusuke's life. He conscripts him into coming to the Dark Tournament, which is a really messed up tournament that takes place in the demon realm where rich, normal people go to bet on gladiatorial contests and uh, average, everyday demon citizens go to watch and revel in the gore of gladiatorial contests. Uh, Yusuke has to bring along a team of five people total. Right? Five people? Yeah, five people. So he has four main companions that he has gathered through the course of the show. One is another guy that's about his age, a dude named Kuabara. They were always sort of rival ruffians, but when Yusuke was dead, Kuabara was really verklempt over it. So 
they kind of realized that they were really important to each other, even though that importance had sort of born out of an antagonistic rivalry. And uh, since Yusuke's come back to life, they have really shifted more into out-and-out friends. Um, Kubar has the ability to basically make a lightsaber. He also is uh, pretty sensitive to the spiritual things going on around him. Um, Yusuke, by the by, his power is to shoot a, an orb of energy. He calls it the spirit gun, so he blasts it out at you. And then uh, recently he's developed a spirit wave where he can sort of focus that throughout his body and enhance himself. Um, they made friends with uh, one half demon, a guy named Karana. He's a demon spirit that uh, that possessed the body of a baby, I think, and so grew up as a sort of half demon human. And as a as a result, he's a very kind and gentle soul, even though he is technically a demon and has demon powers. He also has a mean demon side that sort of sheds the humanity that he can shift into, and he utilizes his abilities to control plants, specifically sort of you know. Uh, near sentient versions of real world plants that are more extreme they're like demonic plants so you get like you know giant fly traps that can grab you with tentacle petals and stuff that kind of thing uh they also made friends with a full-on demon named hiei uh hiei is your vegeta of the series he is the gruff very powerful semi-dangerous and theoretically still antagonistic with the with the protagonist in this case yusuke but happens to find himself working as an ally to him more often than not so that you're like i don't know that they're really enemies anymore that's he he uses uh an ability called jigan eye in which he can open up extra demon eyes across his body to enhance his power and he also has something called the dragon of darkness flame which is a sort of uncontrolled all-consuming black fire dragon and he has managed to sort of level up in that power recently. Uh, the fifth member of their team was a mysterious masked fighter that was not mysterious to us at all. And we turned out to be right that it was Genkai, which is an older woman who is a renowned spirit power user. She became the uh, teacher for Yusuke at one point in one of the earlier arcs and has been a a prominent feature in his life and to a slightly lesser extent the life of his companions since then um, she also has a long history with togoro in that they participated in the dark tournament uh, in their own past as teammates and their team won the dark tournament and uh when you win the dark tournament you get a wish i don't actually know what genkai's wish was i don't remember if they ever say that but uh togoro's wish was to become a super strong demon himself, and uh, that sent him on the path of being a villain. Um, also, uh, Togoro and Genkai were maybe a little romantic with each other, so they have sort of that extra drama in their interactions. And that culminated in Togoro deciding to just uh, completely off Genkai at one point. And so she has been killed. Yusuke was upset about that. And that helped to fuel him in his final battle against Togoro, which just ended after a couple of good episodes with Yusuke coming out on top. Togoro has been reduced to a desiccated husk. The uh, tournament arena that they're in is a little, a little worse for the wear. And uh, Yusuke's team has now become the winners of the dark tournament. Uh, the last person you need to know, Koenma, is here. He's the guy that gives Yusuke all of his assignments. He presides over the afterlife. And uh, 
Sakio is one of the rich dudes, specifically one of the rich dudes that was connected to Toguro's team. And uh, he, I guess we learned this recently, that he sort of was hoping to win the Dark Tournament so that he could wish for a way to open a portal between the demon world and the human world because he thinks that the two worlds should no, be, no longer be separate because he thinks that chaos is the best system and uh, and our heroes obviously don't agree with that. And they're going to sort of address that in the aftermath of the tournament in episode 65. Yeah. So this first episode is called episode 65, Out with the Bang. If you are wondering to yourself, man, I wish I could see the end of that fight again. Well, worry no more because you get to watch all <laughs> of it again. Um, so the very end of the fight, you get to see Toguro lose and die. And then all of the characters be like, oh, he won. And then you get to watch Yusuke just have like a, a full on really upsetting moment where he's just like i won but at what cost and then he has uh-huh. like a very emotional break to which they completely deflate immediately because you find out that kuabara was not killed um instead when toguro hit him he missed his vital points and they talk about this at at length uh. where they're just like he must have not missed his he must have missed his vital points because they didn't he didn't really want to kill him. Um so I guess that is what they're saying happened. Um well, they said something else. That, one of the things is that they so one of the things you see in shows a lot is that the characters will sort of deduce what they think happened for a character that is no longer able to speak for themselves. To to sort of you know, suss out a meaning in otherwise inexplicable behaviors or events. Cause you know, that's how people work. We always want to have meaning and we want things to be, we want things to make sense and not be random. Uh, and so a lot of the times in a show characters will be like, I bet this is how that person felt. And therefore the reason they acted that way. And generally speaking, there are no, contradictory opinions given and everyone agrees that's probably what happened and you as the viewer sort of take that as the you know creators of the series letting you know what happened Mm -hmm. uh and and i think that's particularly prominent in shonen anime because shonen anime protagonists tend to be really good at deducing things about others and so you're like, if these characters deduced that, it is almost certainly correct because of all the other many times that they deduced things in a combat scenario and been proven correct. And uh, but the what's strange here is that somebody offers an alternate explanation. So they they say that Togro they first are like, did Togro just miss? And he is like, there's no way in hell that Togoro missed. This guy has been has been a hired killer for like 50 years. There's no way he missed. He missed, and so they they posit that Toguro maybe didn't want to kill Kuwabara, and just wanted Kuwabara to appear to have been killed to rile Yusuke up. Because Toguro, you know, kind of the honor among thieves thing that you see in a lot of shonen anime, where he's like, "I'm not trying to kill indiscriminately. I'm not just a bastard, but I am trying to have a good fight. And if I have to do that in order to get one, I will." So their supposition seems to be that Toguro figured out that he didn't need to kill Kuwabara and therefore decided not to. 
But that really relies on an assumption that Kuwabara not being dead would totally play along, which is what turns out to have happened. And so what then I think Kurama says is that maybe Kuwabara's in like sort of inherent reactive spiritual abilities put up sort of a protective barrier around his vital organs to prevent Toguro from actually being successful and piercing them mm-hmm. and that that is why and that Toguro thought he did kill Kuwabara but he just didn't yeah I, and I think that's a more satisfying answer but I don't like any of this really yeah I think that I think that what really happened is that Kuwabara had plot armor and uh the plot armor was yeah. too thick for Toguro to kill yeah him. we've talked about we've talked about this kind of thing a few times the hand waving of a character that will definitely die or did definitely die into they weren't dead all along and the threat of their death was really overblown and that's not great and i think yu yu Hakusho has has managed to avoid it up until now and this is a real disappointment uh there were probably a few other solutions to this for example when kubara was killed last episode or i guess presumably killed I thought that when Yusuke won the tournament, they would wish him back to life. And yeah. I think that would have been pretty satisfying. Yeah. And that is not what happened, and this is unsatisfying. Yeah, but instead they're gonna instead they're gonna hand wave somebody else back to life. <laughs> this was yeah. Uh also a little disappointing because it should have been Kubara and she should have stayed dead. Not, not that I'm spoiling what happens. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh that's that's basically um gonna be the very end of the dark tournament. Um, and then they're just like, okay, Mr. Sukyo, um, what, what are we going to do now? And he's like, well, since I lost, I need to make sure that I die. And they're like, uh, it's okay. We can, we can not. And he's just like, nope, what I'm going to do is I'm going to blow up the stadium, which is yeah. ridiculous. And also... With all of you still in it, yeah. you have 15 minutes, so get to stepping. Yeah, which also is just the the perfect way for a mad... Uh, like a like a, a mad villain to go out, where he's just like, yeah. I'm going to kill myself by blowing up this arena, and I guess if you <laughs> don't leave, you uh, that's okay, I guess. Um, but also... It starts to shake the arena apart. So, like, not only is it going to blow up in 15 minutes, but it is collapsing around them in the interim in a way that has, like, debris falling on people and killing them and blocking off passageways so people can't escape. And it's like, this is so, this is such bullshit. This is such rich guy nonsense (laughs) where you're like, ah this isn't working out for me. So whatever, I'm going to explode it all. And there are probably no consequences for anyone else that matters. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, then, uh, we are going to get one of the most confusing moments in this show, which is, uh, Kubara's sister and Sakio apparently had a, a, a love affair that, yeah. Uh, did they fuck off screen? I what have, the hell is I happening? I have no idea what's happening here. This is You've be... seen the show before, right? All the way to the end? Yes. Uh, this is... Are you pretending that you don't know what happens? No, like last I episode legit... when you didn't give any indication that Kuwabara wasn't dead? Because what's happening? I legitimately do not know what's happening. Like, Oh I, my god. I am so confused. Um, and, and it's not just me playing it up. The Kuwabara thing is one of those things where it's just like, 
I remembered how frustrating it was the first time it happened because I thought his death was beautiful. Um, and I think that it is, it is frustrating that they did that, but I, you know, they, they wanted to keep, well, we had four weeks to believe that it was true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I swear I have no idea what's happening here. And, uh, if somebody can tell me what this, what this relationship was, uh, I would love to know. Um, he's gonna give yeah, her did... a lighter or something, and she's gonna be like, "Oh, his lighter," and I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, what the fuck is happening?" <laughs> and it has, I guess, his initials on it. She, yeah. at one point, she and the other group of girls, they have had various misadventures throughout the stadium, and I think at one point they were being threatened by some, you know, random demons that have come to see the blood sport. And I think Sakio showed up and and rescued them. So this isn't the first time she has seen or met him. And she did have a positive experience with him, but she gets teary eyed and they look at each other in this way that's like super meaningful. And there's this music of like, wow, this is such an emotionally cathartic. Yeah, moment. like Sakio is like her dad or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is he their long lost sibling or their father or their uncle? Like, but neither of them has said that they're missing a family member. Yeah. I and Sakio sure as fuck doesn't look like them. And I don't know what is going on. It's so weird. And then he gives her this thing and she treats it like this like precious item, you know, like an heirloom or something. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I just, it's so, please con- tell us. it's so confusing. Please somebody tell us what's happening here. Uh, She's just really into randoms. She yeah. loves it. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the other characters had to find a reason why they ha- couldn't get out until the last three seconds before the place explodes. God. And the way that they do this is that uh, uh, Keiko is having a full-on emotional crisis um, where I guess she thought that Yusuke uh, it was like dead um, and that Kuwabara was dead and that everybody was screwed and so everything was falling apart. And so she was having like a full on emotional break. Um, so, she literally becomes catatonic yeah. out of, I guess, shock. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so um, in order to get her to snap out of this, Yusuke hits her a bunch of times. And then she hits. He, he slaps back. her awake. Yeah. Then Yusuke gets hit a bunch of times by Keiko. And then they wake up and it's all good. And everybody gets out with the last three seconds on the clock and they watch it explode and fall down. The important part that you need to know about Sakyo uh, right before he died is that his portal to another world was also connected to this um, uh, and it was destroyed instead of the explosion. At least that's what we were told. Um, yeah, he... he the I think the reason he kills himself... And blows up the stadium is explicitly because the deal that he had with Koenma was that he's not going to invade the human world by making a demon portal anymore. And his solution to that was that this was my plan. So I'm going to take myself out and connect bombs to my lab. So I'll take out my equipment. So I am gone, and the machine I was going to use is gone, and the problem is therefore solved. Yeah. Which, again, this is... Yeah. It's just... 
it's as it, I was about to say it's devoid of logic, but it is a certain type of like a certain type of logic that is so up his own ass. Yeah, it's su- it's just super villain logic. It's it's super yeah. villain logic. Um, yeah, and then that takes us into episode sixty six, Togoro's Wish. Um, this episode is really about um zany hijinks that are going to be happening um with koema and also um a very long and drawn out story uh about how they want genkai to come back to life and then we get to watch the most poignant thing that happens in all three of these episodes which is that togoro and genkai have this long conversation and they reminisce about why Togoro is the way that he is um, and why he decided to become a demon. Um, because his he was uh, he was leading a dojo where he was training people to basically deal with demons inside of uh, the world. And so um, he was this accomplished demon slayer and he uh, he he uh, decided that he was going to train other people to do this, but it turns out a demon that won the dark tournament beforehand, um, learned about him and was threatened by the fact that he was going to be coming to the dark tournament. And so what he did was he went and killed all of his students. And he was just so heartbroken by this, that he decided that he blamed himself and that the only thing that he needed to do was because he needed to become as strong as possible and that at the end of this, becoming strong as strong as possible, he um, he needed to um, avenge the death and then atone for the death. And he was going yeah, to this, atone for this. I was just going to say that the demon that, that killed all of his students ends up being the like final battle for him in his dark tournament. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. But yeah. then his reaction is very dumb. Yeah. So his atonement, though, is to become a demon and then walk the earth, becoming as strong as possible before he can finally be put out of his misery. And then even after he's put out of his misery, he decides that he needs to atone for it even further for the rest of the afterlife, at least. And so he requests from Koenma to be put into limbo um, and to be uh, the way that Koenma explains it is that he is going to be there for 10,000 years and he is going to be stripped of all logic and sanity. And the only thing that he is going to be left with is pain and suffering for 10,000 years. Um, And Ginkai and Koenma both are just like, "Uh, maybe don't do this. And he's just like, I have to do it. I have to atone for this. Um, I'm going to go do this anyways. And Genkai is just like, okay. (laughs) There's an interesting angle from Koenma specifically too, which is that after Togoro is defeated, uh, as Sakyo is committing mass murder slash suicide, he is, um, he, he sort of reveals or surmises that Togoro was never actually as on his side or as bought into the villainous plan as all, as they thought. You know, what we realized is that Togoro, in sort of classic shonen fashion, was just a strong guy in search of a good fight. And uh, he really, what they, what they think is that Togoro really wanted to lose. 
And he didn't want to throw the fight or anything like that, but he wanted somebody like Yusuke to push him to his limits and then exceed them. And that's what happened. And uh, and that, that sort of brought some sort of peace or closure or catharsis to the life of Toguro and allowed him to feel fulfilled and pass on. Uh, but in the process of doing that, he basically revealed that he wasn't as bad as he had seemed to be. And in fact, that through those actions, he sort of bank shot contributed to the dismantling of Sakyo's evil plan. And so Koenma is like, you know, you kind of went out on a high note. Like, it might not have been for exactly these reasons, but you were a major contributor in us stopping a, you know, apocalypse level event. And that matters. So I think I can get you a pretty lenient sentence in in the afterlife and Toguro is having none of it and wants to be punished. And I just thought that was a really interesting angle too, because Toguro, he's a bad dude, but he's a very sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the end of this episode is going to, um, they are going to get their wish and Genkai is going to come back to life. Um, it is going to, uh, kind of wave away all of the bad things that happened in the Dark Tournament arc. Um, and so that takes us into episode 67, Return to the Living World. And this is arguably um, the, in my opinion, my favorite arc has always been the Dark Tournament arc. And the, the reason why is just because the Dark Tournament arc has a very special place in my heart from like, that's where I really started watching Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, to begin with, like I did not start with episode one. I was watching it on Toonami and I picked it up uh, right around where the Dark Tournament arc started. And so I was like, I do not know exactly what's happening here, but these fights are awesome and I want to keep watching. Um, but this arc, a lot of people argue, is the best arc of Yu Yu Show. And the reason okay. why is because the power systems that they are going to be using inside of um this this uh newest system um are all very cool and they're very different um and so uh the way that we are going to pick up is uh Koenma is told um that he he needs to deal with all of this paperwork that was left over from when he went away um and he is just like oh no all this paperwork um but in the middle of all that paperwork he is told by ogre that, oh shit, something bad is happening inside of Yusuke City. Like, uh, not only uh, not only that, but Botan and her fellow friends, the different, uh, the spirit, spirit, uh, I guess, you know, ride-alongers, they're like Shinigami. Um, they... Yeah, they are. Yeah. They tell oh, Botan, they're Somebody like... draws Botan as a Soul Reaper, please. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, they, they're like, by the way, uh, I think it's a little bit weird. I've I've brought along twenty people from Yusuke City alone this week, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Well, I don't know if something's happening over there. Well, it turns out, yes. Um, both Hiei and Karama are both going to be noticing that there's like a lot of Makai insect varietals that are flocking are demon bugs yeah they're they're flocking to the city and the reason why is because there is a lot of weird energy that is coming from the city all of a sudden 
Um, and so they're going to be like, uh, I think something bad's happening. And Koenma gets a report that, yes, something bad is happening, but they don't know what it is, except for it is not a demon. It is humans with spiritual energy that is coming. And they're like, uh, this is bad. Um, and so you are left wondering what is going on for a minute. Yeah. And then you're like immediately introduced to three new badasses. Um, one of them with uh, one of them with yellow hair. One of them who looks like he is a total uh, uh, football jock mixed with a uh, chess nerd, and then <laughs> one of them who has just the sweetest high top. <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, so for my part, as somebody who's never seen this show and had no idea what to expect, and before we got into the Dark Tournament, thought that it was the end of the show, but it's not, uh, I was like, wow, I I don't know where any of this is going, and I, I'm really curious, and uh, I was excited at the start of this episode because the intro is different, the music is the same, but the artwork changes such that uh, these new characters appear in it. So I'm like, ah, oh, we're, we're getting some, some new major characters and then they showed up. And basically what happens is that they, they're, they're kind of seen in the background, like characters that know more than, you know, the average bear. And then they approach Yusuke at one point and they're like, let's fight. And Yusuke is like, that sounds great. Cause school is stupid. And he <laughs> decides to go fight them. <laughs> And, uh, and then you see, so, okay. So when I make the notes for these episodes, I usually use Wikipedia episode summaries to remind myself of the major points because I've noticed that when I do it from memory, I often miss things that I intended to talk about. And so I pulled up the Wikipedia article for this episode. And in my experience, Yusuke goes to fight these guys the, he's like, I will use one hand to fight you, and you will all three fight me at once, and I will beat the shit out of you because I just saved the world from Big Bad Demon Togro, and I am probably the strongest boy around. And Blonde Kid is like, no, no, I will fight you one-on-one. -on -one. And then there is this like really cool visual trick that looks almost like he has put up a zone or enacted some sort of it is called mysterious his, force. It's called his and he territory. Says something like, yeah, he yeah he says like, welcome to my territory. And mm -hmm. Yusuke suddenly does not seem to be able to move. And then they cut away from the fight. And Kuwabara and Botan, wh what do they do? They, do they sense something's happening, or do they just go to where they know that Yusuke was? Yeah, they they Botan is going to come and tell them that like, hey, we got this report from Koenma something bad is going on. Where's Yusuke? And they're like, well, Yusuke went to go fight these people. And they're like, we should go check on him. And when they go to check on him, there is a note left that is basically a ransom note saying, come to this location because we have your friend. And they're like, oh shit. Like, how did they capture Yusuke? Because Yusuke yeah, at this point, people. yeah, uh, Yusuke at this point is the most powerful of their team and so they're like, um, this is bad if somebody can capture Yusuke. 
Um, but what's even cooler is that the note specifically, the, the note is great. It, it's sort of an inversion on the hostage note. You know, usually your hostage note, your classic hostage note is come alone. Come to X location at Y time. Come alone. If you bring anyone, I am going to be upset and some bad things will happen. This ransom note is at this time, at this location, Bring any number of people you want, but among them must be Kuwabara, Hiei, and Kurama. And the three of them are named specifically. And this is huge because Kuwabara is known to be connected to Yusuke, but Hiei and Kurama in the world of the living are strangers. Yeah. In fact, Hiei doesn't, he's, he is a demon. He doesn't even have a presence in the world of the living. Mm-hmm. Like Kurama, at least, is a half human that is living something of a human life. But Hiei, as far as I know, does not have an established presence in the human world. So the fact that they know that the three of them are connected to Yusuke is like, it's a huge mic drop moment for the heroes. And it's so cool. Yeah. Also, the reason I brought up Wikipedia earlier is that it spoils entirely what their powers are and i was very upset (laughs) yeah what can you do though anyways um let's uh let's let's leave it here for now and uh what we are gonna this is exciting what we are gonna be picking up with next time is gonna be great but um before that you should listen through these credits uh because we're gonna be talking about a little bit of a of a what's gonna be happen next time so get ready for that and don't don't forget to vote on the new show correct blake and spencer get jumped is made by forever summer productions and presented as part of the geekly grind podcast network sound editing is done by rashad english he's our level 13 sound wizard 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching... Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, episodes 16 through 20. Yeah, yeah. You know that thing that happens when you finally tell your friend that this person that they were really attached to has died? Yeah, that's going to happen in this episode because 
they've been running around traipsing around and they're like oh by the way a couple of weeks ago (laughs) this thing happened i hope you had a good vacation because (laughs) 